How to live life like a celebrity. Look, there's so many negative things about celebrities out there. We're actually gonna flip the script, put this thing on his head, and actually tell you some of the great things that celebrities are doing today. All that and more on The Money Guy Show. It's Brian Preston, The Money Guy. Restoring order to your financial chaos. Retirement, investing, taxes. You've got financial questions, he's got financial answers. It's Brian Preston, The Money Guy. Yeah, Brian. So I'm so, again, I, I say this every week. I'm so excited about this show, but I really am so excited about this one because uh, we have done celebrity shows in the past. Yeah. And one of the things we've done in the past, we've kind of picked on some celebrities. We, we do. We kind of talked about easy. how easy. they sort of screw things up. And we said, you know what? This time, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. We're still going to pick on some celebrities, yeah. but we're also going to talk about some celebrity things that might be something you want to take to heart so that you can live a better financial life and make better financial decisions. Well, I look at, I mean, one of the, I'm, I'm in this new pop culture thing that I'm doing. You know, now that I have Amazon Prime, Netflix, I find myself, and maybe this just is me looking, I used to watch my dad watching all these World War II movies. Right. And I'm like, what, what is he doing? Why does he watch all these old movies? I have now turned into my father where I'm watching all the 1970s movies okay and i feel like as i'm watching these it, it, it what i love is it's a time capsule into the past of things you might remember experience and i think that's what happens to older people why they do that stuff but i also think it's interesting to me as i'm watching these older movies when you know who these celebrities are you know what's going on in their personal life you know the history of what's going on with them financially just from news reports and other things celebrities in their own little way are the canaries in the coal mine yep. of what's going on in our current time period. Right. So it's interesting. I mean, we you're right. We pick on them on negative stuff because we all, I mean, what was it, 20 years ago? And I'm, I don't, I'm not trying to pick on MC because, you know, he's recovered <laughs> now and he's doing commercials for, you know, the stick them up stuff, uh -huh. the hang pictures. Um, what it, what was that? What is that? The, the command strips. The command strips. So MC Hammer blew $30 million dollars on, on gold commodes and everything else. We've done shows on that. Right. We actually wanted to celebrate some of these people. And if you liked them, before today's show, we're just elevating them up just a little That's bit exactly more. Right. We have a lot to cover, so I'm just going to kind of go ahead and jump right into this. Perfect. The first success, because we, what we did was we wanted to tie every one of these pluses and attaboy moments to certain planning strategies you should also do if you want to live like a celebrity. Right. And the first skill set that you really ought to work on is pick a really good mentor. That's right. Um, you know, because... Here's what, and I, I want to go ahead. Do you want to go ahead and set the table so that we can go ahead and get people to start guessing yeah. so you can read out? So we've come up with some big idea, big topics that are going to kind of reflect some decisions that celebrities made. Well, uh, what we thought would be really fun is we're going to put up here a quote or something that describes this person. And in the live uh, YouTube chat, I want to see if you guys can come up with who we're talking about. So it'll be on the screen. You'll get to see a quote. We'll talk a little bit about the concept. And while we're doing that, uh, we want you guys to see if you can guess who the celebrity that makes this decision is that we're talking about. And we got tremendous cash and rewards paid by no one. Paid by no one, that's right. <laughs> so, so go ahead. It's just the public recognition. But let's jump into what is a, as Bo pulls up the quote, but here's why we think a big mentor is very powerful. You want to get a leg up. You want to kind of know what's going on. You don't want to reinvent the wheel. I think a, a big part of why it's good to find somebody to kind of help you out and learn the ropes is it is hard to go pave that road all by yourself. Right. However, if somebody's already been before you, 
They've already raked out all the stuff. They've cut the trees that might be in your path. Yep. Now you can go and walk in their footsteps. And some of the most successful people we work with actually were not the creators or founders. They're actually the people that followed second tier and were able to take over the work that was already being created. We've talked about it a thousand times, Brian. One of the greatest ways for us to learn is to learn from our mistakes. I say it all the time. I love getting to watch a lot of the things that you've done ahead of me. <laughs> and rather than me going through the pain of learning from my own mistakes, I get to learn from your mistakes. And I think mm -hmm. that is what it means to set up a good mentorship type relationship so that you can see those things. That is the worst and best compliment you could have provided that, you know, my mistake. You did that at lunch today. You told me, I used to look at what you're doing and think, he that, he's doing it all wrong. Uh -huh. But now that you have two children, you're like, oh, I wow, completely I'll do get it. Thing. So it. it is one of those things. So definitely focus on that. And, and here's the thing, 10,000 hours. This is the other part. We think if you get a good mentor and you get in a mentor that, that's, a virtuoso or somebody who's really good in their career path, this could really set you up that you could learn from them and get those good habits. Um, and we even do this in our own business That's and industry. Exactly right. I mean, I know I ha had a mentor that helped me out with a lot of planning strategies and the ways to grow the firm initially. Yep. And hopefully we're paying it forward with people who reach out to us as we That's speak. exactly right. So who, who is this? In addition to a lot of other talents, he has a money mind he get and he gets stuff. Now, look, you guys got the game kind of wrong because a bunch of folks are saying Warren Buffett. And I went, no, obviously Warren Buffett said this. We're asking who's he talking who about? Who was Warren Buffett talking about? Uh, and we do have Scooter actually came through with the answer. Good job, Scooter. It is actually Mr. LeBron James. Now we all know LeBron King James mm -hmm. is you know he's known for his basketball prowess. But right. what y'all don't know is he wants to be equally known as a businessman, entrepreneur, as he is on the court. And that's I think right. that's a pretty cool thing. He's also done some great things with Charitably. Mm -hmm. He opened up a school. The titled, I Promise I School. I Promise yep. School. Um, some awesome, if you haven't looked at that on the internet, go check out some of the things he created for that school. Yeah, Powerful and I just, stuff. If you want to go just get some real quick snippets, you know, he had a stake in Beats by Dre. He invested in Blaze Pizza. He had a minority stake in Liverpool, the soccer club. Uh, his deal with Nike, I think this is true, it was the largest deal ever penned, and they estimate that it's worth over $1 billion. Eventually, over time, it will be, because LeBron right now is worth about a half a billion dollars. That's right. But, um, and, and if you think about it, I think his salary from the NBA has only been about a quarter of a billion mm -hmm. dollars. So he's obviously, he's got some money in the bank from some of these endeavors that he's working on. So I want to transition to the next mentor moment. Mm -hmm. And I thought this was a powerful one. I can't wait to show you this one because I know this means a lot for Bo. Because this is why every time we go to a restaurant and they serve sweet potato, I think of <laughs> Bo Hansen for this specific person. But in seriousness, he did reach a point in his career that it's just things weren't going the way they were. He needed to have a refresh. And if it wasn't for this mentor, he might not have gotten and turned into the person he was. That's right. So the quote is, at 25, he offered me the bare minimum WWE contract. This would be a huge hint That's right a huge there. Clint, yeah. uh, to this day, Vince is one of my greatest mentors and trusted advisors. So the question we have is, who is the person that is saying this thing? Uh, and so far, nobody's got it. You got to be kidding me! The whole nope. room should know should know who this I, one is. I, I would think so, but but again, you know, you got to you got to think about. We used to watch this. Maybe maybe that's not maybe not a lot of folks used to watch uh, this sport. Can I say sport? It's sport. Oh right? look, it's all over. I see. Look, it's there. We go. Now. There we go. So give one of those a shout uh, out. Yeah. So uh, Scooter got it. Matt got it. Tim got it. Ron got it. Hudat got it. Uh, and, oh, it, OB, Google is your friend. You can't Google these quotes. If you're Googling the quotes, you're cheating. Uh, 
you just, keep keep it going because okay. I want to tell so, the story. Uh, this is actually The Rock, uh, Mr. Dwayne Johnson. He's talking about obviously the president of the WWE, Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon. It's well, here's one of the things I know. Vince McMahon can be a polarizing figure. Maybe I just think he's polarizing because I remember back when he played a villain back on WWE. But the the thing that I think is interesting is that I in preparation for the show, I was wondering how did the the Dwayne Johnson go from doing roles like the Tooth Fairy <laughs> to now he is the highest earning actor in Hollywood. And, and I feel like every single movie he does now breaks box office records. I mean, he is the guy. So here's what, so the answer though is this right here, is that Dwayne Johnson says that it was around 2010, 2011, he felt like his career was starting to stagnate. You know, and he, and I think Tooth Fairy really was the straw that broke the camel's yep. back. And his current management team was lining up all this stuff. And then he was thinking about, because it was going so bad, he's like, I'm just going to go back to what I know. I'm going to go back to wrestling. Mm -hmm. His management team was like, don't go do that. That's not the right move. So he went back and he wrestled for, I don't know what event he did. And that once, while he was there, he was talking to Vince McMahon. And Vince McMahon goes, you, you got to shake it up. You got to mm -hmm. change. You got to change the management staff. Get some fresh influences in there. And let's see if we can change direction with what's going on. That recommendation of the management change He's working with those same people still, and that's why he is the highest paid guy. So exactly right. Vince McMahon was the uh, one that changed the little, direction. He owns a little bit of The Rock's success, that's, which that's, is kind of a crazy way to think about so it. So it's, it's kind of cool that, that that worked out the way it did. So I want to kind of then transition from after we talk about Vince McMahon and having a mentor. We told you how powerful that is. The next skill set that I think you can learn from celebrities is the power of a side hustle. Yep. And the reason right. we think the power of a side hustle, is, it cracks me up when I hear this term. Side hustles is, is something that's probably only been around, what, five, seven years that you see that You're out there? You're talking about the social, term, yeah, side, hustle. side yeah, hustle. Yeah, it's a relatively new thing that people say. Yeah, it, it's been around forever, guys. <laughs> that's right. When you hear people, like you go watch the Jeffersons, like George Jefferson, uh -huh. he's like, I had two or three jobs. You know, it's just people had, I, I worked two or three jobs. And, you know, when they talk about they, they had two or three jobs, they walked seven miles in the snow mm -hmm. uphill to, to pay bills and stuff. Right. They're talking about all the side hustles because only one of them was their real job. The other things were just the second and third jobs or side hustles That's right. that they were doing. And here's what I like about side hustles. Side hustles, when I was thinking about this show, I was thinking about the, the three things that really come from side hustles. They first let you try out endeavors without diving headfirst into it. So you get to actually... Stick your big toe in and make sure this thing's going to work out. We always say, we do it, we talk about it all the time for folks who want to go into entrepreneurial endeavors. A side hustle is like your first little foray, your first step, your first toe in the water of seeing if you can actually make it as an entrepreneur because that's what your side hustle is. They also, the second thing that a side hustle will do is it'll help dig you out of a tight spot. If you're a person, Bo, you said it, we, we've done it in other shows where you either have to spend less money or make more money. There's and only sometimes two options. you've cut to the bone. That's right. You've already cut your expenses down. So you gotta go out there and figure out a way to go make more money to get yourself out of that tight spot. And then there's a third category. This is for the people that are doing good things, but they look around and they go, man, I still got some extra. And I don't want to get busy doing nothing. So you go hustle. That's right. That, that, I mean, there's people, I think that you see this. Truthfully, I think anybody that's a billionaire kind of fits into this third category. Because for all intents and purposes, they could just stop and be okay. But a lot of them don't. We, we see this with our even our clients that reach financial independence. They don't just go lay on the beach sipping Mai Tais because they want to 
they feel like they couldn't be do, they can be doing something more, can be continue to create. Well, and generate I'll take growth. it a step further. You did a fire episode with one of our associates, Gabe, yep. and all these people blew you up about it. Every fire person I know is still making money through blogging uh-huh. or doing, and now maybe it's because of the people we hang out with, we go to conferences sure. with other social media people, but I, it does crack me up that I think there's a lot of people, they retire and then they, they don't want to get busy doing nothing, so they end up doing a side hustle. So yep. that's, that's a powerful thing. Um, we, we kind of resemble this in some yep. ways because I know that when I started my first company in 2002, I had lots of time, very few clients, <laughs> but I had the skill set of, of reviewing tax returns because I had been doing tax preparation for a number of years. So I went to some, lo- some local CPA firms mm-hmm. and asked, hey, do you need somebody to review tax returns, or even prepare tax returns during tax season? They're like, sure. I didn't waste that talent that I had. I made right. it work. Bo, I know you've you've had some experience with doing side hustles too. I mean, it's yeah. I think even uh, this podcast, right? Yeah. I mean, even this thing that we uh, get to do. You know, it started as just a passion project. It's a way to educate and get information out there. Not really understanding the, uh, I guess I'll say the enterprise that it's turned into. You sure. know, it started something kind of on the side. That's there's a passion this- project that's. That's Side exactly hustle right. that's turned into something with purpose. Yep. So, okay, so we were thinking about who, who's a celebrity that has like a really great illustration of the ability to side hustle and do that. And so here's the quote that this person said. They said, there is no key to success. Be humble, hungry, and be the hardest worker in the room. Uh, and so this person actually talked a little bit about what was motivating to them, what kind of kept them moving, kept them going. Um, and I'm going to go and read, read the other quote while you guys are guessing on, on who said this. Now he said we were living in an efficiency. I, I guess that's like, a, yeah, like that means a very gover- a studio apartment. Studio apartment. We're living in efficiency that costs one hundred and twenty dollars a week. We come home and there's a padlock on the door and an eviction notice. My mom starts bawling. She just started crying and breaking down. Where are we going to live? What are we going to do? Uh, this person used that to be the motivation to cause them to say, okay, even though I've had some success, I'm not going to stop there. I am going to side hustle, and I am going to be the hardest worker in the room at all times, always. I'm sure we have a gazillion people that know this one, too. Uh, I've got a few Jay Leno guesses, one Arnold guess, but Jeff is the one who got It's not a show unless we mention The Rock twice. So this is number two. Now, he looks a little more modern here, but the big thing I liked about this, I actually had Daniel go pull a second photo because I wanted specifically... That shirt, because he wears it all the time. It's a shirt that says rent due. It is tied into that moment that Bo talked about, that it broke his heart to watch his mom be evicted out of the house. And he just never, ever wanted to face that. So he uses the term rent due to be the hardest working person in the room. You know, I think that every person out there, you got to figure out what is the fire that keeps you focused Mm -hmm. and driven. We did a show that's coming out next week, Bo, on talking about who's successful and we talked about how it is amazing, especially with entrepreneurs, that a large percentage of entrepreneurs have actually failed at least once right. before they hit the idea that actually worked for them. It's good. So there's always going to be something that works against you. You just have to figure out how to turn that into rocket fuel for your future. You know, sharing personal things happens. My dad was laid off when I was a teenager. Yep. That has always hung with me to watch somebody get laid off and, you know, and see our, our whole family life change, mm-hmm. lose a lot of money, lose, you know, company cars and then yep. you know it's just it, it shakes you to your core you you have your own things. yeah gr- growing up uh, as, as a child you know we grew up in like poverty like uh like living in a trailer no electricity no water poverty having houses foreclosed on cars i think a lot of the reason that i have the drive now to go out there and be successful and do the things that we're doing business wise 
is because I remember that. And that's my motivation that I don't ever want to go back there. And even more than that, I don't want my kids to ever experience that. So it's, a ma- it's a, just a matter of remembering what's that thing that's causing you to keep hustling the way that you do. This makes me think we need to create a shirt, a swag shirt that says, the rock eats sweet potatoes, so I do too. And we could put both. Oh, oh hey, Reeves, <laughs> let, let's put that on the idea board because that would just fly off the shelves. So let's move on to the second celebrity because I do want to go through these yep. a little bit. So read the quote on this one, Bo. So the second celebrity said, I always had two incomes. I'd bank one and I would spend one. Uh, now, this is a, a well-known guy. And I would argue that this was a successful guy um, that he could have probably spent all of both incomes and he would have been probably okay just because he had enough income flowing through. Well, I thought it was interesting when he he said when he started getting traction in his industry in Hollywood, you'll see what it is in a second, he still was working at a Cadillac dealership to make money. And then, has anybody chosen to chat? Because I have even more I, I want to share a, on him. A Tony Robbins, a Will Smith, a Tupac. No one's gotten it yet. So the, the thing is, though, so after he lands a huge spot because he was a fill-in i'll go ahead and say it i'll give another clue johnny carson he was doing a lot of fill-in work okay. for johnny carson um so then he lands the actual tonight show and the thing is you would think that would be enough for him to want to live off of because like you said i've always had two incomes i'd bank one i'd spend one that's very noble but when you're the tonight show host you're probably feeling pretty good that's about right. where things are financially he says that he still kept going and was booking over a hundred comedian you know, sets every year That's just exactly because he right. didn't feel comfortable just having one income source. Uh, one person guessed Shaq, and then all of a sudden I just thought about Shaq as the host of The Tonight Show, so that is not right. <laughs> Shaq uh, Diesel. But John and Anna, Misty, Debbie, Sonny, uh, they all got it. The answer is, in fact, Mr. Jay Leno. Uh, yeah, he, he was someone who he kept the side hustle going, and he made sure that he saved accordingly. I think it's interesting. He's known for all the cars because you have Jay's Garage mm-hmm. and the TV yep. shows, but... He obviously, before he was just rolling in abundance, you know, there was there was some hungriness that kept him feeling like he needed two jobs. I think that's powerful. The next one, here's another celebrity, kind of interesting. This is one that I, I was curious, would everybody, I know who he is, but I was like, would everybody know? And you're like, oh yeah, no, he's like A-list now. I think he's a big deal, but I'll be curious to see if people get it because I well, thought this might be one of the hardest ones on the list. Well, he's, he's in action movies now. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff, but here's what I was impressed by is that he kind of stumbled into this side hustle that he was in, is that him and another guy were kind of handy and they needed a place to live. So they pulled their resources and basically fixed up a fixer, you know, a torn down house, lived in it. Well, while they were living in it, somebody came and offered them a bunch of money to move into and buy it out from underneath them. They're like, wait a minute, we could do this while we're broke and hungry. So they started buying more homes and a lot of them didn't have running water, didn't have utilities necessarily, but they would live in these things, fix them up, sell them for a profit. And then he eventually became very successful mm-hmm. in the movie industry. But he is still, even with his success, continued to flip homes. Now it's just there in much higher price points. I just think it's hilarious, too, because I think about my buddies. When we, were, when we first started out, we were so tight. I probably would have thought, oh, I'm just going to go buy this beater of a house and we'll like rehab it and make it he would have been awful. That would have been like, so kudos to this guy for actually, we talk about one of the reasons we don't love rental property a ton is because we're not the most handy guys in the world. Yeah. This guy was actually living in it and proving it as he went. That just kind of blows my mind. Uh, so we have a few guesses here. 
Uh, Bruce Willis, negative Ghost Rider. Uh, <laughs> Harrison Will. Ford, not. Uh, actually, he was a carpenter, though. So that's a good, okay, that's actually that a good, good guess. guess. Okay. Uh, Wahlberg, I don't know if he means Mark or Donnie, but either way, it's not right. <laughs> uh, we have a Matthew McConaughey, uh, spelled very interesting. All right, all right. It's not right. Uh, Scooter came up with Vanilla Ice. I do think oh. Vanilla Ice does that, but that's not who this is. Uh, the person that we are actually... Yeah. By, what what action movies has Vanilla Ice been in? That, okay, that's <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> that's a, keep going there. Go ahead. What a just, solid plot. Because this so, one might be too obscure. So, so the actual actor is Jeremy Renner. He plays Hawkeye. He was in the Bourne movies. Um, he was in the Mission Impossible movies. See, See I'm, I'm nervous. I was going to run out of his run out of his catalog. <laughs> but it's still all kudos to Jeremy for being fixing it up, living in a house, humble beginnings, and still keeping that going That's with exactly a side right. hustle. Let's move on to the next skill set that we think celebrities do practice that yep. you can actually apply yourself. And this is a big one. Every time, and I've said this so many times when I go to high schools, when I go to colleges. I talk about this is the cornerstone for how you're building the foundation of your financial empire, and that's deferred gratification. The reason I like deferred gratification is that not only are you taking a little bit of today for a great tomorrow, but it is also showing that you are an optimist. All the research continues to show optimistic people are much more happy as well as more successful than people who are looking at life with a glass half empty mentality. So you're not taking a little bit of today for tomorrow unless you have some type of optimistic thread running through you. So let's talk about some of these celebrities that are actually practicing this. And here's what I think is so great about deferred gratification. I have to believe, you know, just living on Main Street in, in this country, it's hard to keep up with the Joneses. Sure. Or hard not to keep up with the Joneses. I imagine celebrities in the world in which they live, that is an even harder thing because keeping up with the Joneses is a very, very real thing. So someone who like defers gratification is very much flying in the face of the societal norm in that culture, I would think. I've, I worked to it. Y'all know in my past, I did work with some professional athletes. And one of the things that I thought was so interesting, you'd know these guys and their contracts and what was guaranteed, what was not guaranteed. But one of the stresses, and this especially kicked in with a lot of the professional golfers, is when do you go buy your own plane? Yep. And, and, I, and it is one of those things you were talking about, the peer pressure of keeping up with the Joneses. I mean, right now your peer pressure might be, are we getting a new car? Are we putting a pool in the backyard? Imagine if your peer pressure is... Hey, they so and so got a plane. Are we getting a plane? That's I right. Mean, that is just a completely different level. So let's talk about people that are doing it right. So this first quote uh, is: "To this day, I still haven't touched one dime of my signing bonus or NFL contract money." Uh, spoiler alert: There's a chance this may be a professional football player. Uh, he said some interesting things too. He said that or retired. Oh, oh. Or a retired professional <laughs> football player. Uh, He's probably living off that money now. Keep going, though. Keep going. <laughs> he says, uh, you know, if he if he liked a pair of shoe, a clothing or shoes, he'd go buy it. But then his goal would be to wear it down to the racks. He did not care about having it always look. That pristine. sounds like somebody else we resemble. I mean, keep I'm, going. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, so we already have a few guesses coming in. Yep, you you guys got it. Uh, Gronk. Well, well, before you, because you're. But here's Daniel pulled this stat, this thing, this quote. Did you? You didn't read this. I didn't read that. He has splurge on one chain necklace. Is that is that a is that a is that a wink to two chains? I don't, I don't understand. I did, that cracked me up when Daniel put that in there. He has splurge on one chain on necklace. one chain necklace. So so Rob has just one chain. He's not two chains, but he's got one chain, and that, that means he's good at deferred gratification. I'm just picking on Daniel, obviously. but uh, Marshawn Lynch was a good guess. Uh, Bernie Kosar. A lot of folks are saying 
Um, hey, how many of these do we have to get right before you send us a Tumblr? <laughs> if, if, if you want a Tumblr, you got to ask us a question. At the end of the show, we'll do a Q&A. We'll send you a Tumblr. That's how you get the com- Tumblr. So I want to move on from Rob because there is another athlete. I don't mm-hmm. mind sharing that the next one's an athlete. And I, I love how this story kind of played out. It's because... There was a group. Go go ahead and share this, and then we'll th- we have a cool story yeah, about so this. this uh, his quote was, "It keeps me grounded where I came from, and all the hard work for me to get to this point." That's this quote from this guy. So he, he's, and I don't mind sharing. He's a running back, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go ahead and tell you what's going on in the background, so you can guess this, because I think this one might be a little obscure too. It's just that I took a personal interest in this when I saw what was going on. Is that this this athlete? was driving around the same car I think he got from a preacher in high school. Okay. Two, they bought for $2 from his preacher. <laughs> so, and he's still, he's got an NFL contract making money and still driving his car. Well, there was a group of dealers, a Mazda dealers okay. in the area that found out in the D.C. area, found out that he's driving around in this old car, and they love the fact that he's still, still driving the same Mazda. They actually helped him rejuvenate and basically turn this old beat up 1991 Mazda into a brand new car. And we have an actual picture. That's right. I don't know if anybody has a guess on who this person is. We might have to just reveal it, but uh, it's a great story. Okay. I just got another, uh, another question, another guess on beast mode, Marshawn Lynch. It's not Marshawn Lynch. That would have been a good guess. And I just think, so uh, now you have to tell me if you remember this. Do you remember the show on MTV that Exhibit used to did <laughs> called Pimp, Pimp My Ride? I do. I'm just thinking about like this 1991 Mazda rolling up to get th- pimped by these local D. De- I just think that's hilarious. They actually made it more factory though. It, it didn't have it didn't have Exhibit, you know, putting in big stuff in the back, you know, woofers and right, everything right, else. Right. It was it was pretty basic. But still, let's go ahead and tell them who it is and uh, show the picture. So a lot of guesses are Adrian Peterson, AP. That's not. It's actually Alfred Morris. But look at that car. The car is beautiful now. I mean, it looks brand new. So I don't know. Hopefully, Alfred's still driving because this article came out. But go out there and look at some of the pictures. Um, we might even put some some links sure. out there because we found them. But I remember that from a few years ago. I do think it's worth mentioning. We just talked about two NFL players. The average NFL career is only 3.3 years. Mm-hmm. A running backs like Alfred is even less. It's only 2.6 years. The median career earnings, so that's not average, which is skewed by the people at the top. Median is probably much more appropriate. Um, earnings is around $3 million. So you can, you can quickly see that, yes, these people come into windfalls. It's for a very short period of time, but these opportunities go away. So if you're not practicing deferred gratification yep. or good life choices, you too, with your own finances, you might have – you receive an inheritance. You receive a ca- uh, an insurance settlement. Um, you know, the, some cash payment, a year-end bonus. Mm-hmm. You have to think like somebody you don't know. It's no guarantee you're getting this money, so you better practice deferred gratification to save a little bit today for a great tomorrow, and That's it's really exa- powerful. Exactly right. So, okay, we're taking off our nice guy hat. We're back to picking on celebrities. Okay. Because now it's time to flip the script, and we want to share – Mistakes. These are concepts that celebrities continue to make these mistakes, as well as, remember, they're the canaries in the coal mines Mm -hmm. that we see average citizens making the exact same mistakes. So we want you to learn from these mix-ups. There's no quotes, so everybody in the live stream can kind of take a deep breath, stand at ease. Now you can just sit back and enjoy what we're about to share. And I want, I want to reiterate something that you just said. Every one of the mistakes we're about to, about to share 
is a mistake that you can make, even if you're not a celebrity, even if you don't sign a contract, even if you don't make millions of dollars a year, these are all mistakes that we actually see people make, that we have listeners, we have readers, we have folks reaching out. We see these things happen. So it's not just celebrities, they're just great examples of them. The celebrities get embarrassed because it makes it in the press. Mm -hmm. Your family just has to deal with this That's stuff. Right. So let's just make sure we do it right. So the first one is not accounting for risk. Yep. Well, man, this comes in many forms. I mean, I got to tell you, I mean, think about all the things that be going on in your life. And, and, and I think there's teachable moments with each one of these celebrities. Yep. Uh, I think, you know, and, and here, here's what I think is really interesting is that we forget that just as our life circumstances change, so too do the risks that we face. Your risks when you're a 20, 21, 22, 23-year-old are very different than when you're a 40, 41, 42, 43-year-old. And if you're not accounting for that... Like some of these celebrities, you're going to kind of leave yourself really exposed out there, and it's going to be maybe a, a, a tragic thing for your family and the folks that you care about. So the first one, Bo, because I want to go through these and make sure we give them all enough attention. Yep. Aretha Franklin. That's right. She died without a will. Mm -hmm. I mean, that went in, and we also know like Prince. Mm -hmm. You know, that was a few, I've done a show talking about um, the Purple Rain estate plan and how right. Prince genius, Aretha Franklin, so talented – but they left behind their legacy after building so much is that they leave behind estate plans that just aren't complete. That's right. I mean, their family members are left picking up the pieces. You know, I, just because I know how people fight over the sentimental stuff. It's not always just the money assets. It's also the sentimental stuff. And somebody who's world-class like Aretha Franklin or Prince that you know there's just things that people are having trouble divvying this stuff up. And one of the reasons when whenever we sit down with someone, and maybe they have a complicated situation, they have either unique assets or they have mixed families, we say, okay, well, how, why haven't you done this yet? And you're just like, ah, I don't know. It's so hard and it's complicated. I don't want to have the conversation. The thing that we always say is if it's really difficult for you to have the conversation on this side of the grave, imagine how much more difficult it's going to be for your loved ones to try to figure out what your wishes were, what the things you wanted to accomplish were. So it's just important, especially if you're someone who has resources or things that might be complicated for your heirs, you need to make sure that you have a proper estate plan in place. The next one breaks my heart because mm -hmm. it ties into this whole estate concept. This is Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger, we all know, tragically passed away. You know, bad concoction. I don't, you know, of of things in his system when he passed away. Brilliant, um, but he passed away. He did have a will, mm -hmm. but the problem was his will was old. And it was written three years before his daughter. Matilda was born. So she was actually left out of the will. No, I have no doubt. You know, Heath Ledger, a, tra a superstar, traveling around the world, super, super busy. And, and I get how that thing can happen. That can happen to us. We have a hundred different things pulling us yeah. in a hundred different directions. But when you have major life changes, when you have uh, births, deaths, weddings, Marriages, divorces, yeah. yep. any of those sorts of things, you need to make sure that you are reviewing and looking at your estate plan so that something like this doesn't happen for you or your family or your loved ones. Because I can almost assure you that his intention was not oh, to leave sure. his daughter out of his will. And, and, you know, the other thing is we do this, you know, when you call and we talk to you or we send questionnaires to you, we're going to find out if you have kids, one of the first things we do want to know, do you have wills? That's right. Do you have life insurance? Well, this is the type of stuff that if you have children, you got to make sure there's some path forward for them on who's going to take care of them so you don't leave family members you know, with the state as well as your loved ones trying to figure out where things go. So both of those were uh, errors of omission. They forgot to do something. Well, you can also not account for risk by errors of commission, things that you do. <laughs> 
that actually put you in a bad spot. This one's kind of funny because I can remember this is when you get older, things time moves so fast that it seems like this just happened, uh, you know, last year. Right. But you find out, no, that was that was a few years ago. And he's actually had some things happen since then. So, but this is 2016, just to walk y'all back through the, the memory portal. Kanye West. Kanye, if y'all remember, he got on social media and was asking Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook. <laughs> For $53 million, because you remember, this is, if you go back to 2016, now, it's kind of interesting taking a look at the time, because I know Facebook's had some, you know, public, you know, concerns where people are upset about privacy and other things, but in 2016, booming, everybody is like, man, I want to have the money that Mark Zuckerberg is, is, is just cranking. Well, Kanye not passing up an opportunity, seeing that he's struggling with $53 million of debt mm-hmm. was actually, I don't know if you call that panhandling when you're rich like Kanye is, but he was asking for a handout from Mark Zuckerberg. Now, I, I, I want to be careful because we try uh, on the Money Guy show to live in a judgment-free zone. We try not to like make bad declarations to anyone, but I would go so far as to say that someone in Kanye West's position with the access to resources that Kanye West had he probably should not have had a debt problem. He probably had graduated past the financial point where debt should have been an issue for this. So I see this as a big behavioral problem of him living way out ahead of his skis. Now, the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would share, is is that supposedly, because there was a big deal made with this brand that, Mm -hmm. that Kanye was trying to get up, with Adidas has now put him in billionaire status. I mean, that's what, I, I scratch my head a little bit because I, you never know, just like I tell you guys, you're, you have to pay attention to the news like a tabloid. You kind of have to pay attention. When people tell you they're worth, when they publicly are disclosing what they're worth, I always scratch my head and go, are they really worth mm-hmm. that? You know, so, but it is a turnaround story, it seems like, where it went from $53 million in debt to where now he's turned things around. But at the end of the day, understand the risk. And that's why I want to talk about planning opportunities you need to understand and know where you are in life so you can protect you and your family. And, and we've already kind of covered a lot of this. We're talking about estate planning. We're talking about life insurance. We're talking about disability, umbrella insurance. Right. These are all the basics. And you need to know when you've won the game and you no longer need to cowboy up. There was probably a portion. Now, I'm glad Kanye's made it out on the other side. But I got to think with all the success he had had previously, there might have been a point where he's like, Okay, maybe I don't need to take maybe this should risk. Take some of that risk off of the table. Um, so let's talk about the next huge mistake that it, that celebrities make, but then we see this with normal people mm-hmm. too: is living above your means. Oh man, I love the first one that we have on this list. Now it's easy when you talk about living above your means. This is probably the easiest mistake mm-hmm. for celebrities to make. That's and right. we kind of, we picked on the, the, the athletes, the celebrity athletes, and the fact that talking about keeping up with the Joneses where you're buying planes and right. doing other things is probably a pressure. But we all experience, I told you, I, I'd done a show where I felt like high school was very materialistic. You go to college, and maybe my college experience was just unique because it was the grunge phase where everybody looked like they were homeless anyway in their flannel. <laughs> but I felt like... There wasn't a lot of comparison. You know, yes, they made me park my car out back because they didn't want to scare people away from the Ragalier. But, you know, but it was one of those things yeah, that I never heard, felt You heard judged. that right. His Cavalier was called the Ragalier. That, yeah. that was not a mis- misspeak. Here's what we know. My wife did not marry me for the money. You can just tell by <laughs> based upon what she saddled up to next to in college. But, but moving forward is that there are times 
where you need to make sure that because as you get into adult life, I know as soon as I graduate college and you know moved into a neighborhood, it does feel like the measurement tool is back out again. Yep. I mean, and so that's one of those things you don't want to. You don't want to not plan ahead and get out ahead of your skis and and live a fake life. And and I love that. This is the exact antithesis of the deferred gratification. Living above your means is actually uh, accelerated gratification. You are now borrowing from your future self or or stealing from your future self to enjoy today. It's just not a good place to be. And by the way, this next picture, I want to go ahead and pull it up. Kudos to Daniel for this one because Nicolas Cage... And here's why this, because we just got back from FinCon, which was in Washington, D.C. And do you see what Daniel pulled? This is all he's doing. I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. Guys, here's a funny story, and I, I promise we'll go keep this thing moving. I asked Bo, have you ever been to Washington, D.C.? He goes, yeah, I think so. I think I've been to Washington, D.C. We're landing in the airplane into Washington, Reagan Airport, and Bo's, we're both peering out the window like we're, you know, Little kids all excited because you can see the Washington Monument. You can see the Lincoln, Lincoln Memorial, Memorial. You can see all kinds of – and Bo looks at me and goes, nope. I haven't been to Washington, D.C. before, but I have definitely seen National Treasure at least 10 times. I think that's what was throwing me off. So it, to, to see this picture just makes me think about that because you really were – you couldn't remember if you'd been to D.C. I, I literally thought that uh, all of my recollection of Washington, D.C. was learned through National Treasure movies. I'm not proud of that. that that's not something that I'm going to – that I'm going to put on the brochure. But I do think right here, this is a this is a beautiful example. Nicolas Cage owed the IRS millions of dollars in back taxes. Do you know what that means? Nick was probably spending some money that wasn't really his. It actually belonged to Uncle Sam. And he decided, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and spend this and buy things. Well, no, no, no. Not, uh, we, we got a list. 15 estates around the world, two private Bohemian islands, two albino cobra snakes, a shark and a crocodile, two European castles, a famed haunted house in New Orleans, a tombstone in New Orleans, and a few dinosaur skulls. What in the world Some was he thinking? Some of those like, seemed like, okay, an island. Okay, I get that. But dinosaur skulls and, and This makes albino stealing the Declaration of Independence seem much more reasonable. <laughs> when you read that list of things he wasted his money on, dinosaur skulls? That's, yeah. that, talking about impressing your friends... They talking about buying jets, guys. How many dinosaur skulls you got? You got a T Rex skull? I got one of those. I mean, the, the, he's, he's kicking it up a notch. But it is really one of those things. He did sue his um, fund manager, his money manager, for supposedly making bad decisions. But I'm sure his his manager probably had Exhibit A, the dinosaur skull. Yeah, this probably wasn't me. That, that's another good example. Be careful of who you surround yourself with. We'll, we'll talk about that to, more in a second. Up. But I just think it's interesting on the way down. And we've seen, we have seen this with, with friends of ours. When things go bad and people start falling, they will reach out to grab anyone that they can. It looks like uh, Nicholas Cage is, seems like he may have done that even with his money manager. It's true. People will definitely start suing when they get in trouble. Um, the next one, Melissa McCarthy. Hilarious. <laughs> and it's one of those things I had to, we had to pass it around. She says she wishes she had never figured out how credit cards work. Because they basically, I'm sure this was back, I, I don't, I think she's a little younger than me, but. Actually, she's the same age. She's the same age as me. So she was, you know, she came up in the same time I did where basically if you'd sign up, they give you a bag of potato chips and a credit card. I mean, it really was. They'd they'd actually give you junk to sign up for credit cards. So she wishes she had never discovered it. And then as she was an actress starting to make it in New York, she said that people told her she had to look a certain way. She Mm -hmm. had to wear fancy shoes. She had to get designer handbags and other things. And it's, it's that 
that was those type of influences led her astray That's on right. what could happen with credit card debt. And I think that happens to a lot of normal people mm-hmm. too. I mean, you see somebody that you look up to. I mean, we even have somebody who I consider a close friend, and he says that when he was coming up in the insurance industry, uh-huh. his boss told him to go buy a Lincoln Town car because if he buy that car, it forced him to be better at his job. You got to go be successful or else you can't pay for it. That was the thing that he said. Go ahead and spend that the money. That is horrible advice. But I mean, I guess it worked out for this client because he is a client of ours, but I think it is horrible advice. And it seems like that's the same type of stuff that Melissa McCarthy was getting exactly that advice right. as well. We threw in another one. Now we have used this one before, but I think it is so great. And I know why when I saw the slide deck, I knew why this got put back in there. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and flip the script. Will believes in showing some muscle cleavage like my, my partner here, Bo, does. If you notice, he's got that. Now, everybody out there in podcast territory, I'm going to give you the visual. He's got his arms crossed, and he's pushing up his biceps. Look, you're, you're not supposed to... St- not supposed to tell the trade secrets on how we uh, how we get that. Bo does this. Going. When y'all look at our thumbnail pictures on YouTube, I want you to notice how many times do we do some bicep cleavage? Reby, why is he calling me out right now? And people are going to go back and look now. So, But but read the quote, Bo, because this one's a powerful one. Uh, so this is what Will says. So being famous and broke is a... He used bad. bad. Daniel, he knew this is a family Combination. Show. You're still famous and people recognize you. But they recognize you sitting next to him on the bus. I mean, if you haven't watched that YouTube video where he talks about how I became the Fresh Prince, it is spectacular. And it will walk you into the troubles of credit cards, Mm -hmm. of not paying your taxes, and just getting out. And exactly what this teachable moment is, is do not fake your life. There's just no reason to do that. You need to, stealth wealth is the key, because I promise it's going to get easier if you do that. Um, Let's talk about planning opportunities. In the beginning, you're going to obviously budget. Mm-hmm. It's I, look, nobody wants to budget. Budget's not budgeting's not fun. It's not something that you come home and go, guess what we're doing tonight, honey? We're gonna talk about the budget. And she's not gonna be like, woo! It just doesn't work that way. But it is one of those skill sets you gotta practice for years to build some muscle memory so that you develop those automated, you know, savings habits and other goals get funded automatically so you can pull back from the budgeting and go to a more experience more mature cash management plan. Now, we've had some folks reach out to us, because you've heard us say this before, uh, neither me and my household nor Brian and his household budget now, but it's not because we don't think there's value, it's because we have that muscle memory. I would make the argument, even though Nicolas Cage, when he was at his height, was probably making millions and millions and millions of dollars, just because he had income flowing in, doesn't mean that he might not should have been budgeting. It's only once you've mastered that muscle memory that you can move on to a cash management plan. So don't just think, just because you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s, if you've never done it before, it may be really good to start back at ground zero, work through doing a budget until you can graduate to that cash management plan. It's not just something for 20-year-olds to do. Well, tomorrow is no guarantee. That's I right. mean, that's the thing is I think people who are making good incomes like a Nicolas Cage or even you know, somebody who's in a professional field, you think, man, I'm making this money. I'll make this money next year. I'll make mm-hmm. it the year after next and just life doesn't work that way. That's right. So that's where it goes back to that concept of deferred gratification. You've got all these things definitely work together. Make sure you're marrying these concepts so you're not just one-sided, that yet right. you're getting out of debt, but you're sacrificing here. All these things are supposed to work in conjunction with each other. So let's talk about, here's another mistake. And actually this bleeds over into some of these people that have had lawsuits and mm-hmm. other things, but here's a big one. Know who to let in your inner circle. Yeah, you know, it's it's so interesting. You know, money is one of those taboo topics that people don't like to talk about. They don't like to like really divulge. Yet somehow 
we end up letting folks who really have no merit influencing that part of our life sure. step in and start influencing that part of our life. It just seems sort of crazy to me that's the way that it happens. You know, and this is we're talking about go ahead and be as transparent as possible. CPAs, mm-hmm. financial managers, advisors, you know, advisors, all these things come in and they are going to care, but they're going to come in and help you. But the truth of the matter is, and this is what I have to tell small business owners all the time. No one is going to care about your financial well-being as much as you do. So there's nothing wrong with outsourcing and bringing in support advisors and people to tell you. But if you don't have some basic understanding of what's going on in your financial household, you are just ripe for the picking of getting taken advantage of or just being led astray. And one of the things that happens with us all the time is we'll have someone who reaches out to us and says, hey, I want, I, want you guys, um, I want you guys to help me with my financial planning. I just want to give you the money and you take it over. And we're always like, whoa, whoa, whoa that, yeah. that's not actually the way that we work. We don't think that when we work with a client, oh, we just take it over and we're in charge. What we try to do is we try to sit down next to our clients help you design a plan that makes sense that you understand and then work through that. Because if you're someone who's not knowledgeable about what's going on, what the decisions are that are taking place in your financial situation and why it makes the most sense for you, you're setting yourself up that maybe you get hold of a crook, maybe a shyster gets in your inner circle and it just doesn't end in a good place. So you have to be in the know. We say all the time, Brian, uh, our best clients and some of our most fulfilling and favorite clients to work with are the educated clients who actually want to understand what they have going on. Yeah, and after we share some of these celebrity mistakes, we actually are going to give you some questions you That's ought to exactly ask somebody right. that you let in that inner circle. So let's kind of jump into these. I thought this one was, I didn't realize it was going to be so relevant to what's going on right now, but the first one is actually Billy Joel. Now, Man, I got to tell you, we had to work. Hold on, that's, that's Billy Joel? Yeah. <laughs> we had to work long and hard to find this picture. And I want you to, remember how I told you I'm watching 70s movies uh-huh. now? Because I love, you know when he showed up to this photo shoot, they're like, oh, Billy, thank God you showed up with that leather jacket. Wait, do you have the half-burnt cigarette? Yes, yeah, oh, cigarette this onion. is going to work out sw- just swimmingly well. So this picture is a time capsule. And look, we can pick on Billy for this looks ridiculous. But in a minute, I'm going to show you why it's all working. Yeah. Because but Billy Joel, because he let the wrong people in his inner circle, he actually, his manager, his former brother-in-law, siphoned supposedly $90 million from Billy Joel. He's obviously, the piano man's good at making money. He just wasn't good at keeping it at this time in his life. And he, I think he even said this about it. He said, I stayed away from it on purpose because I thought it would compromise my artistry. I didn't even want to get involved in that nerdy finance inner stuff because I just felt like I was a creative, I was an artist, I'd have someone else manage that. You just can't do that. When it comes to your personal finances, you already said it, Brian, no one is going to care about your situation more than you do. So you can't be someone who just buries your hand in the sand and completely ignores it. Now, the rest of the story is that, because who knows if it was really $90 million, but I can tell you the rest of the story is he sued his former brother-in-law um, and Weber ended up paying, and that's the, that's the son. Of, I mean, the brother-in-law paid him two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and then filed bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of money lost because sure. Billy Joel let the wrong person in his inner circle and wasn't paying attention to it. Um, there is a. I think it's interesting. I just put this on there for my own entertainment. Well, go and, ahead and, and, flip and it. I'm gonna go. I'm not a child of this generation. I don't even. What is this? Is that? Is that? No, he's, I mean, Billy Joel's a little bit, he's older than me. So, I mean, this is, this is my childhood. So it's not like, I'm not a child of that generation. We went to school together. So when I saw this, I was like, oh my goodness, that's not the village. And you said to me like, whoa, 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 no, this, this thing worked and I'll prove it to you. And I was like, okay, prove it. 
I mean, and by the way, Christy Brinkley, Dancing with the Stars premiered this week. And, you know, she's still a very attractive yeah. person. I don't you know. And, you know, she got hurt. Daughter. Now, they're not still married. And by the way, it was not Christy Brinkley's brother that stole from Billy Joel. It was, Billy Joel's been married a number of times. <laughs> I mean, uh, just so you know, he was not done. After him and Christy Brinkley were done, he, you know, he married moved again. On. He's moved on several other times. So I just want, I just want that to be, I, I can tell you some stories about that later when I did show prep. I, I know, no, all I know nothing about this. But it is one of those things. I just, guys, I, I took piano lessons all through my childhood. It, my mom should have shown me something like this. This would have been very motivating to, to definitely For you to pay attention. Take piano pay a to anybody who's seriously. Chevy Chase, vacation, you know who Christy Brinkley <laughs> is. So it's just part of my childhood. But the next one I want to talk about this is because this is a Uma Thurman. You know, she had somebody who actually got her. How many people have we heard talk about stories like Bernie Madoff and, you know, pyramid schemes? Poor Uma Thurman was actually, I mean, here she is. She's successful at the pinnacle of her career, making good money, and she gets a financial advisor who puts her in a Ponzi scheme and then was actually using $7.5 million of her money for a Manhattan condo. Yeah, you know, you, you even said Bernie Madoff. We could have used that example because there were so many people who got enamored with that. And here, and we asked the question, how did so many smart people, wealthy people, intelligent people get just bamboozled by this guy? It's because they started to believe in something that's unrealistic. I think he said, you know, every year I make 12% and I yeah. never lose any. In the financial world, unfortunately, if it's too good to be true, there's a good chance it is. Likely there's no is. get rich quick. There's no all the return with none of the risk. That's just not the way that it works. So if someone is selling you that story, uh, red flags, spidey sense should immediately go off. So let's talk about how you protect yourself. What's the planning opportunities here? The first thing, Great resources, like they're free, like the Money Guy Show. I got some basic books. We've done content on books that people ought to go look at. But I want to go even deeper. Let's talk about understand conflicts of interest. Because here's a few easy questions you can ask any financial advisor to make sure you know, that you even should be working with these. So Bo, kind of walk us through a few of these. Yeah, and th these are financial advisors you're currently working with or financial advisors you're thinking about hiring, and we'll just go through them. Uh, question number one, how do you get paid? It's okay to ask that question directly. I know it may seem rude and it may seem like inappropriate, but if you're going to pay someone for services, you want to understand how they charge their fees and what their fees are. Question number two, are you a fiduciary advisor that is legally required to act in my best interest? There's a big difference in suitability yep. versus fiduciary. Are they working for me or are they working for their company? You need to ask that question. I've often said, you know, humans are suitable to eat candy bars. But no doctor or nutritionist is going to recommend that in your diet. So exactly right. big difference between suitability, which is, yeah, you're a human. You can process that. Just like, hey, yeah, you're a pulse and you make money. You could afford, even if this loses money, you're suitable for this. Versus a fiduciary is legally required to act in your best interest. Understand the difference between those two things. Here's another really easy one. Do you have access to index funds that cost well below 20 basis points? This is one that we didn't use 10 years ago, but the landscape has changed. If your advisor doesn't have any like really low cost index ones, ask them why. Hey, why don't I own that really low cost thing that I, I could own? Um, are there any indirect payments paid for products you work with? Meaning if you recommend this product, is that company paying you something? Are you getting some sort of kickback? 
Here's another one. How long have you worked as an advisor? Is this a second, third, fourth, fifth career for this person and they just are getting into it because it's a default? Or is this someone who's actually dedicated to the craft and really wants to be doing it long-term? Uh, what's your typical client look like? What's the advisor's expertise working with people in a similar situation to you? Uh, I don't know that you want somebody cutting their teeth on your financial situation. You want to make sure they have some experience there. And then do you practice what you preach? Yeah. All the things you're telling me to do with my finances, are you in fact doing those things? This strategy you told me about, is that something that you're doing? If it is, why did it make sense for you? If it's not, why did it not make sense for you? So after you go through the questions of what to ask a financial advisor or somebody you're dealing with money, I think it's important because this goes beyond just financial advisors. You need to have checks and balances on access. Mm -hmm. I was always amazed when I worked in public accounting, how many people would give you their online credentials for their checking account. I mean, it's different from like a retirement account or other things where you can't really get access to the money until you reach a certain age. But there are people that are just letting you know bookkeepers have checkbooks and other things. So you need to control checks and balances on who has access to writing checks in your business, writing checks for your That's household. Right. Because that is where sometimes things can go aloof. And before you know it, you find out that somebody is siphoning money. That's why you, you, you wonder, how do all these celebrities have millions going out the door? The reason is they had the wrong people in and they had no limits on checks and balances of who had access to the money. That's so right. you, you see people, you can imagine somebody who's hungry, struggling, or maybe has made some bad lifestyle decisions, whether through gambling or other things, and they see this pot of money there and they're like, Hey, Billy probably doesn't care. He, he's got you know he's got money rolling in. He won't notice if I take hundred thousand here, two hundred, and before you know it, ninety million dollars is siphoned out. <laughs> but it is one of those things that you got to pay attention to who has access. Um, even if you're not rich and famous, these principles can help you tremendously in your financial life. You know, Brian, we talked about this, and we didn't we didn't get very far on it. But you know, there, there's been these shows about. Uh, lifestyles of the rich and famous or cribs or these shows that really highlight uh, the spending behavior of folks with resources of celebrities and one wouldn't it be really cool if there was a show that like highlighted and focused on the prowess of celebrities that make really good financial decisions yeah. if all it was was the good list so if you are somebody who's like modeling your life after folks, which you probably shouldn't do that anyways, but if you are trying to live that type of life, make sure you understand the person that you are aspiring to be and understand that if they're making good financial decisions or not, because a lot of the glitz and the glam, it fades, especially if you're someone who's living out ahead of your skis, you're not deferring gratification, you're not trusting the right people in your inner circle. These are easy mistakes that we all make every single day that can be avoided. You just have to be conscious and aware that they're happening. And, I, and I'd encourage you, look through, just like I tell you to be careful with the news media, you have to, with the lifestyles of the rich and famous, the cribs, that, you know, they have come out and they've, they, so many of those celebrities were actually faking mm -hmm. those cribs. They had That's rented right. a car. They had rented a house. None of it was all false. It, right. was, it was fake news if you're using modern terms or whatever. But here's what I think is interesting. Why is it timeless and why do these concepts continue to work? Millionaire Next Door. Mm -hmm. What does that book title show you? It shows you that you might very well, your next door neighbor, who you don't think is any different than you, might be sitting on millions that's right. because it's stealth wealth that's living under your right under your nose. Same thing, Everyday Millionaires. Chris Hogan's book that came out last year, I believe. I mean, it's talking about all the down-to-earth concepts. None of this stuff fits into that square of the... Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, the Cribs, all the other things that you see people trying to imitate. And I think there's a lot to be said on that. Remember, canaries in the coal mine of the moment in time of what celebrities are doing, 
You just need to understand what brings you happiness, mm-hmm. what's your why in life, and then just disconnect from the noise and the things that are going to lead you astray. So, guys, if you like what we're doing here, we got a brand new thing that we're doing. If you go to moneyguy.com, after you sign up with your email address, I want you to go a deeper dive. We've got Daniel working with us. This is kind of a collaborative effort where we now have a blog post that's coming out right after this show's released on Friday titled, How Do Celebrities Go Broke? Right. And it's good. I mean, we which, here's what, I don't know if I've bragged on Daniel enough in the fact that Daniel actually has a journalism degree and then he went back and got a financial planning degree. It's great having somebody who has a passion for writing as well as for also the fi- good financial planning decisions that we do. A lot of exciting things going on within the show right now, guys. So if you want to check out the blog, see some of the written stuff we have out there, you can go to the website, moneyguy.com, or you can even click the link that's in the description of this very video. So if you're also letting that inner circle and you know who you're taking advice, we gave you a whole list of questionnaires on what to ask a financial advisor. Guys, that is a great, maybe you're in the middle of that process or you'll use this as the nudge. It's going to make you think about This is when we ask you to think about the abundance cycle. We love on you, give you all this free advice that you can hopefully load up, learn, listen, apply, grow, and then you're going to reach this level of success that you're going to say, I need somebody to help. I need a second opinion. That's when we want that abundance cycle to pay off where you'll remember what's been going on on the Money Guy Show for the last 14 years. Uh, if you're somebody out there listening in, uh, listening on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitchers, any of the audio places, every other Tuesday night at 445 Central, we live stream this show. We have a live Q&A going on right now. As soon as we press stop recording on the actual podcast, we're going to hang out with the folks that are still in the live stream. We're going to actually answer their questions directly. So if that's something that you would find value in, you have questions you want us to answer, participate in the live stream, leave us your questions. You guys can go ahead and let your questions start rolling in now. And if we pick your question and we think it's good, we'll even send you a tumbler. You know, these th- money can't even buy these things. I mean, our money can buy them because we order them, but your money can't <laughs> buy them because we don't sell them. So if you want a Tumblr, leave us some questions, hang out for the Q&A, and we just love that you guys allow us to come into your inbox, come into your headphones, come on your computer screen. It's so fun that we get to hang out with you guys and do this show. Thanks so much. One last tidbit. Y'all going to notice, this ticker's not turning over as much. It's not because of you guys. I, even though I'm encouraging you, please go subscribe to our YouTube channel. They've changed the way the API works to where now I think YouTube is only going to update every 100 subscribers. Mm-hmm. So just so you know that when you're watching other you know, channel content creators, they have changed the rules on us. So we're all adjusting, but I'd still use that moment. I'd love to turn over 100 people just as fast as we are turning over one person in the future. So thanks so much. I'm your host, Brian Preston, Mr. Bo Hansen. Money Guy team out. The Money Guy podcast is hosted by Brian Preston. Brian Preston is a principal with Abound Wealth Management. Abound Wealth Management is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Security and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with the securities laws and regulations. Abound Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Money Guy podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice. (laughs) 